the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, O oh, my Jesus, forgive us of our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Welcome in to the David O. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Believe it or not, you know, I just said that, believe it or not. Remember that show from the 80s? You may be or maybe, maybe not. Believe it or not. Ah, dun, 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 dun. I know my producer Sissel's in the background like, dude, I was born like 20 years after that show came on. I have no idea what you're talk talking about. But yeah, but anyway, believe it or not, God desires more for you than you desire for yourself. He does. He desires more for you than you desire for yourself. I mean, wrap your head, try to wrap your head around that for just a moment if you can. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate your listenership watching. If you're watching online, you see I'm wearing my Cincinnati dad university shirt, Cincinnati University. So my, my daughter, my second oldest daughter, Deja, she's graduating next week from the University of Cincinnati, and I'm so proud of her. You know, she's one of those kids that, you know, you have that kid who just like does everything that you ever ask him to do. I mean, just no problems whatsoever. Now, all my daughters are great at four of them, you know, and they never give me any issues. But Deja, she just what. She just, she just, she just, whatever, she does everything that's just expected of her. I mean, she just always has. And so, so proud of her. She's graduating with a degree in international business and marketing. So, um, yeah, if you know a great job, let me know. I think she's going through her interview. She may find something she likes. But if you think of something great, you think it'd be great for somebody that's graduating with a marketing and business degree, email me at david at davidogray.info. But Pray for her as she begins her um, journey into adulthood. I cannot wait to kick her off my um, my insurance and phone bill and everything like that. So I'm very excited for her to get a job. So I didn't plan to address the news from yesterday concerning Derek Chauvin. But because of the popular reaction to it, I think it demands a Catholic response. But... I first need to address a few listeners' concerns um, from last week. And then at about 15 past the hour, Mrs. Janique Stewart from Love Protects and the Life Training Institute will be on to talk about the so-called Equality Act that the Biden administration is rolling out. So we're going to be talking about that. And because the, the, this Equality Act, so-called Equality Act, it's an attack on women. It's an attack on families. It's an attack on human dignity. It's an outright, right out, right out attack against, against the truth of God and his church. And so Janique is going to be on to tell us what we need to do to fight against that. So look forward to that about 15 past the hour. If you want to call in in Opine, you definitely are invited. You can call in at 877 Seven five seven nine four two four. Again, that's eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four. When you call in, you're here. You hear the voice of Cecil. She's the producer of the show for Guadalupe Radio Network. To hear more from her, you can uh, watch Back to the Father. I think that's on Fridays. Also, take a look at um, Catholic Drive Time in the mornings. Um, great show. I think the best Catholic morning radio show that's out there. Make sure you listen to that. Face of the Father at 4 p.m. on Thursdays in this hour, and then Intersections at, I think, um, 9 a.m. 
I think on Monday. So yeah, I hope you guys are hope you really um are appreciating the lineup that we have for you of original content here on Guadalupe Radio Network. So yeah, about some listener concerns. About some listener concerns. So last week, uh, a caller called in from Houston, called into the local radio station um, to comment about some of the content she had heard on this show that she was not very pleased with. And I was not able to find out specifically what I said that upset her. But I think the overall tone after listening to the voicemail, her voicemail indicated that she was not at all pleased with um, some of my comments about blacks and Hispanics. Um, she didn't like what she heard a few weeks ago, but then decided to give me another try. And I disappointed her even more with the content for my, my opening di uh, monologue. So after listening to her concerns, I went back and I listened again to my monologues and I tried to figure out what she, what I had said that may have upset her. And I think perhaps it was my critique of how the critical race theory attempts to make blacks and Hispanics out to be victims. And speaking from their perspective, I said that blacks and Hispanics are victims, right? I mean, that comment isolated from everything else I said and isolated from the context can sound ridiculous. I get that if that was the concern. So, so what matters to me the most in life is the truth and the pursuit of truth. And I think the truth is all that is worth being pursued in this life. And of course the truth is not a person. It's not a, it's not a thing. It's not an object to be grasped. It's not something that can be, uh, be manipulated or controlled because the truth is a person named Jesus Christ. And therefore, when we know the truth, we know of Christ. So as an on-air radio host personality on Guadalupe Radio Network, I do have a responsibility to proclaim what is true. And what is true is always going to be consistent with what the church teaches. Because the church is the fullness of the truth. So sometimes I may have an opinion that I will explain in context of what the church is broadly or narrowly teaching or within the practice of the faith, as I will with Derek Chauvin's verdict in a minute. But again, my effort here is not to make political points, but to speak the truth that needs to be spoken at that moment. You know, I, I hate race politics. I really do. I hate when people um, use use race politics to divide us. And I, I think it's one of the most harmful and dangerous poisons in society. And, and everyone's being injected with it right now. And when the opportunity rises by which I can speak truthy about that lie and about that evil, I will. But it's always going to be consistent with what the church teaches. And it may make some people uncomfortable and uneasy. Others it may affirm and make happy. I can't control what the truth does. You know, my responsibility is just to proclaim it. So I don't think I ever told you, but, you know, I was a flaming liberal, liberal back in my 20s. I mean, flaming. I mean, you name it. You name the liberal cause. I was all on it. Right. Um, climate, global warming, everything. Overpopulation. I thought a woman had a right to kill her own child. That, that people should be able to choose to marry people of the same gender. I thought that was disgusting to think about. But I thought that the government didn't have the right to prevent it. 
I voted for Bill Clinton and Al Gore. I was left of left. And I was very upset when Al Gore lost. I was. I mean, I was very upset. Back then, we didn't ride in the streets or anything like that. But I would have, perhaps. I don't know. I was mad. Around that same time, that, uh, that I would have also considered myself a victim. I believe that everything, I used to believe that everything that bad happened to black people in America was the fault of white people. And that white people always had their foot on our necks. I remember back in 2001 when a classmate of mine in grad school, I was in grad school getting an MA, MBA, and I think her name was Regina, I think. And after class, we were talking, and somehow I got around to telling her, I think she was asking me about, you know, being black or whatever. You know, I was always the, 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 you know, whenever something happened in class, right, people turn around me. I was the black voice, right? I mean, I was never raised in a hood or the inner city or whatever they call it. But, you know, apparently, because I was black, I had some authority to speak on the subject. So I was always a spokesperson for black people. So, so, so somehow after class, um, I got her, we were talking about something and, and I, I told her, yeah, it is, it's hard being black. It's hard being black in America. That's what I said. And she asked, what is so hard about being black? And I remember thinking about this for like a moment because I was stuck because I didn't know what to say because I couldn't think of anything. Like what's so hard about being black in America? I couldn't think of anything. Not, not, uh, and so, you know, but I didn't, even though I, I couldn't think of anything, you know, I didn't let her on to that. Right. I think I told her something like, oh, you wouldn't understand, you know, you're white. But after that, I remember realizing that there was actually nothing stopping me from being, from doing anything I wanted in this country. Therefore I was not a victim. And I felt stupid for believing that lie that I had been told. I felt ashamed as a man that I bought into it because it was not how I was raised. So my perspective on some issues comes from a lot of years of experience of living that lie and being told lies that I just accepted without questioning because they came from people who look like me and from Democrats who said they cared about people who look like me. And as I said today, these days, when I get opportunity, I expose those lies. And if there is a Catholic context by which I can expose those lies, I might share it in my opening monologue here on Wednesdays on GRN. As for the second listener complaint, <laughs> last week I was talking about the police officer in Minnesota who said that she mistakenly used her pistol rather than a taser to shoot a man who was fleeing away from a traffic stop. And I said, oh, that's sort of like accidentally making spaghetti rather than oatmeal. It's possible because water is boiling in both instances. If you're like me, you have brown sugar next to there. So eh, it's possible, not probable. So Nick, who listened to the show, he had asked me to explain putting brown sugar in my spaghetti. <laughs> and I get it. Not everyone puts brown sugar in their spaghetti. In fact, some of you think that's heretical and a sin. Some of you think it's disgusting just to hear that. You think I'm at normal for doing that. I mean, you probably wouldn't say it to my face, but you're probably thinking, ah, David probably rode a shorter bus to school than everyone else just because I like my spaghetti sweet. I get it. My wife doesn't like it either. I mean, she, she doesn't even let me make spaghetti for the family anymore. When she cooks it, I just have to add my own sugar so I don't ruin dinner for everyone else. Look, maybe I was lied to as a child. Perhaps this is just another lie that putting brown sugar in your pasta was normal. 
the same people who told me that are the same people who told me that I should be a Cleveland Browns fan and I should get a Jerry curl and have big hair like Michael Jackson. I remember having hair so big in the 80s, people thought I was a girl. So I can't explain it. Why I like my spaghetti sweet. My brother calls it sweet spaghetti. Matter of fact, sweet, sweet spaghetti, he calls it. So my mother who lives in Killeen, Texas, I know she can't get the radio show right now. Um, so Nick, it's my mom's fault. It's her fault, right? Blame her. So yesterday, um, I got, uh, got three minutes, two minutes left before we go to the break. So let me just say this about the Derek Chauvin, um, issue there. there so there's a guilty verdict about the George Floyd, um, his killing of George Floyd. Yesterday, he, there was three counts found guilty of them on them all. There are three reactions. First reaction said, not a fair trial. It was influenced too heavily by the media, by Maxine Waters. It was not based on facts. The second reaction was they're making uh, George Floyd's name synonymous with justice. Right? George Floyd, he's, he's a martyr. He's a hero. His name should be synonymous with justice. Even though he had, when he was living, he committed many acts of violence himself. So, But apparently he's synonymous with justice now. So they're rejoicing in, in a verdict. They were heavily invested. The third reaction was saying it was that wasn't even justice. That wasn't enough. We need a revolution. Looking at these three reactions, I mean, I was disgusted in it all. I, I couldn't believe how heavily invested people were in wanting Derek Chauvin to be guilty or innocent, but have no concern whatsoever for their own guilt or innocence on Judgment Day. It's sick. It's just as sick as I think these people. Worried about some vaccine that, that seems to be do nothing essential. But so worried about this vaccine, have to get that, but can't bring themselves to go to confession. Our priorities are so incredibly screwed up right now. I mean, because, because it's all lies, lies, lies. It's just a word of lies. The truth has become a joke. But now we're to the next thing already about some young girl in Columbus got shot by the police. By trying to, because she's trying to stab two other people. On to the next thing already. One lie after the next. One emergency after the next. But no one's really caring about the most essential things. And that's our salvation. Right after the short break, we will be speaking with Mrs. Janique Stort from Love Protects and the Life Training Institute, she'll be on to talk about the so-called Equality Act and the Biden that the Biden administration is rolling out. If you want to call in to opine, just call in at 877-757-9424. Again, that's 877-757-9424. This is the David L. Gray Show on Guadalupe Radio Network, voicing truth and reason. It's live from the Eternal City, Rome, every Monday at 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Hi, this is Len Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network, with this week's Family Minute. Intersections is a GRN-produced radio program hosted by Vatican-accredited journalist Bree Dale and co-hosted by Joey Menyo. Aimed toward Gen X and millennial-age Catholics, Intersections crosses faith, culture, and current events to bring you civil discussion from a Catholic perspective. 
from analyzing headlines to interviewing guests such as politicians, influencers, artists, and theologians, the discussions on intersections will include culture, art, philosophy, history, and how the faith forms and informs all of these. Be sure to tune in to Intersections every Monday at 8 a.m. Central Time across the GRN, either on your station, our mobile app, or our other social media platforms. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back in to the David L. Gray Show, Voicing Truth and Reason here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. It is Pro-Life Wednesday, so as you know, we have our favorite person here in the studio, Miss Janique Stewart. Janique, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. So happy to have you back for another Pro-Life Wednesday. Um, just to start off, I know you do a lot of speaking throughout the world you're speaking about chastity pro-life you're speaking about so many issues where can people find you to find out more about you, your work and how to somehow get into your calendar absolutely so they can find me at prolifetraining.com prolifetraining.com most people are familiar with scott klusendorf the great pro-life apologist i'm one of his speakers and then i also have my own ministry called love protect which is loveprotects.com. And that's where I speak to issues dealing with the sexual chastity, sexual integrity, also the LGBTQ issue and making sure that we have clarity as well as compassion, but speak truth when it comes to God's design for marriage as defined as one man and one woman, but also dealing with some of the sexuality issues. And then, of course, how those intersect with the pro-life issue as well. Right. Awesome. And so if um, so, we're going to be talking about this so-called Equality Act with um, Joe Biden. So if you guys want to call in to opine, ask or ask um, Ms. Janique a question, just call in at 877-757-9424. Again, that's 877-757-9424. Also, you can also um, see more Janique lately. We're doing a podcast together called Hollywood versus holiness and so we're offering commentary on some of the things that are coming out of hollywood what we mean by hollywood meaning the entertainment industry and it's what his name is hollywood versus holiness where, where are they doing good and where are they they're doing horrible to find that um some of the videos are being hosted on my youtube platform but you know how my relationship is with youtube sometimes they let me upload sometimes they don't but where you can also where you can always find Hollywood versus holiness, and you want to hop over to rumble.com, 
search for Hollywood versus holiness in the search browser. Um, you can bring up all the videos there. Janique. Yes, sir. So ever since, so Joe Biden has been in the office, the executive branch for going on what 90 days I haven't really been counting, but I think it's about 90 days now. And in that time, he's rolled out a couple executive orders, some statements. There's been something he's called transgender visibility day. There's been um, a person he appointed who was a biological male goes by the name of Rachel Levine. Now he appointed that person to think the be the assistant of the health and human services. He's also overturned Donald president, Donald Trump's transgender exclusion policy in the military, which was there to uh, for people couldn't join if they were going through that transition. And if they were in the military, they couldn't start going through that transition. He overturned that. And, but recently he's came out with this equality and I want to read a couple of statements from that act for you. And I want you to tell us what's going on. And so here's a couple of things that he said in that statement. He said the full equality has been denied to LGBTQ plus Americans and their families for far too long. So he's saying full equality has been denied to the alphabet people and their families for far too long. Then he says the Equality Act provides long overdue federal civil rights protections on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity, locking in critical safeguards in our housing, education, public services, and lending systems into codifying courage and resilience of the LGBT community in the enduring law. So he wants the Equality Act to be part of the protections that this country has for people based upon race and genders. Um, uh, and now I guess he's adding this alphabet to, are there like, are they like a whole new race of people or what's going on here? Well, first a couple of things. I want to back up just a little bit and then I will address that. I think what, I would hope the listeners would recognize is that elections have consequences. And not only do elections have consequences, but it's who we vote for. And when I say what, when we vote for someone, I really hope that people understand you're really not voting for that person. You're voting for the policies and the platform upon which they ran. In addition to that, you are also voting for the platform of that specific party. Now, either we're going to have and promote and legislate policies that protect human life and will counter attacks and violations of human life and human rights, such as abortion, which intentionally kills an innocent human being, or we're also, or in addition to, we're also going to have or not have policies that protect marriage as even of one man and one woman and policies that will continue to align themselves with what God has designed when it comes to sexuality. Sexuality and gender is not defined by legislation as much as people would like that to be. They can try and redefine, but who is the author of sex and sexuality? It is God. So we're either going to align ourselves with a platform and with policies that violate 
what God's word has defined by design. So I want to lay that groundwork because ultimately we do have to remember, David, that as human beings, we're not made in the image of the law. We're not made in the image of Washington, D.C. We're made in the image of God. And just as we bear the image of God, that is why it is wrong to intentionally harm or unjustly discriminate against any human being. Now, herein comes the problem. Because God is the one that has defined sex, he was not confused when he said in Genesis chapter 1, he made them male and female. It doesn't say male, female, and 105 different other so-called genders. There's only two genders, male and female. That is not hate. That is not trying to be mean. That is the very nature of reality. Now, the problem is, is when we allow legislation or specifically legislators to try and usurp God's authority, and when we privilege or prioritize or elevate people's feelings over the facts of reality. Now, that said, let's go and look deeply at this Equality Act. First and foremost, as I said, elections have consequences. In fact, the then uh, candidate, Joe Biden, along with Kamala Harris, they actually campaigned on the promise that within the first 90 days, they would sign into law the Equality Act. Now, the Equality Act is not anything new. It's actually been, they've been trying to pass this for several years. Then it kind of died out. And now it's back with the vengeance. And again, this was the campaign upon which he ran, as well as others who hold to this ideology. What it does, it's anything, the Equality Act, let me be very clear, is anything but equality. And it's anything but good. In fact, this whole notion that those who identify in the LGBT plus community have been denied or somehow discriminated against just is not true. And let me say what what I mean by that. If we heard headlines during this last year, that LGBTQ individuals went to the hospital, but they were denied treatment because they were LGBTQ. That, my friends, would be clear discrimination, and that would be wrong. If they were denied, you know what, sorry, you cannot get a room at this hotel because you identify as LGBTQ if they were not able to get gas for their vehicles. If they were denied even just being able to attend a church service simply because they were LGBTQ. Yes, all of those would be discrimination, and that would be unjust. But the Equality Act is not saying we're going to protect you from unjust discrimination. What it essentially has done is taken the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which was necessary Because what it did is it banned discrimination on the basis of race at specifically public accommodations like hotels, getting gas, restaurants, okay? And it bans discrimination on the basis of race. Now, what it's done with this Equality Act or what they're attempting to do is redefine civil rights to include sex and soji. You can remember it to our listeners, soji, as in sexual orientation and gender identity. 
So now they are trying to include that, but they're also, David, redefining sex to also mean or to also include terms such as pregnancy. And pregnancy is also defined to include any pregnancy-related condition. Now, why that's important to, to highlight is because one of the things that they're also doing with this Equality Act, whenever you redefine something so broadly, it can mean anything. And one of the one of the threats right now with the Equality Act is it could then open the door to allow for abortion. Meaning if you consider yourself to be pregnant, of course, if that end if that young lady is pregnant, they can claim discrimination if you will not allow them to have an abortion. So that is very problematic. Now, most of the instances though of where the Equality Act is going to be problematic is we do have to remember children. The government does have a responsibility to protect children. Now, again, remember, as I said at the very beginning, because we're made in the image of God, we are to care and protect all human beings. No human being should be unjustly discriminated against. And so, therefore, we should have compassion for any individual that is suffering from gender dysphoria, or gender confusion, our hearts should break for them, which is why we are called to pray for our neighbor. We're not called to appease our neighbor. We're not even, we're of course not called to be mean to our neighbor, but we also need to be able to take a stand. You see, we're called, we are compelled by scripture to speak the truth in love. We're not called to edify someone's feelings, but we are called to speak the truth in love. And so I do want to take some time and kind of go through what is the truth about this Equality Act and how is it actually going to impact children? One of the things that's awesome. important to remember one, one, is... Let me take, with, a, let's take yeah. a quick break. Let's take a, let's take a quick break yeah. here. Um, Janique at the bottom of the hour. And uh, so we'll be right back after this short break. We're speaking with Ms. Janique Stewart from Labrotex Training Institute um, and Life Training Institute. And we're talking about the so-called equality act. We're come back. We're going to talk about some key points and what we can do to push back against this. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Hi, this is Dave Palmer, host of Back to the Father, the only program on Catholic Radio focused exclusively on the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas and the Summa Theologia. Our lives make sense once we realize that we come from God and we are journeying back to Him. This is what the Summa Theologia is about, and it's also what our radio program is about, a lively, fun, and informative discussion about life as an exciting journey back to the Father. Fridays at 4 p.m. Central here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years, you know, because there's so much trash. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. 
years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day -day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popcheck. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day -day reality. If your purpose in life is to find God, you just hear that I can be God. Protects and also she is an apologist at the Life Training Institute. If you want to see more of her dialogue with me, always um you can check out our new podcast. It's called Hollywood versus Holiness. Easy way to easiest way to find it is just going to rumble.com. Go into the search bar, type it in Hollywood versus Holiness as a channel, and you will find us there. Oh, Janique, let me give you a couple comments before you get into uh we're gonna you're gonna tell us more about this so-called Equality Act, which seems to be completely unequal or inequality, the way you explain with the um, Civil Rights Act. But so Lisa is over, Lisa Leopold is over on the YouTube channel and she says a couple of things. She says, um, I love how her, I love her process of thinking, talking about Eugenique. Thank you for inviting her onto your show. And also she says, oh my gosh, I think Janique should go around to seminaries and tell priests how to speak truth in love. So some great comments there. Well, thank you. Excellent comments. Thank you so much. And for anyone that does have any questions, and, you know, we're also open on this uh, this episode and this show in general. We're, we're open to those who disagree, and we will always try and handle the discussion with clarity, but also with compassion and speaking truth and love. But the one thing that I, I will not do is I'm not going to back down from truth simply because it is politically incorrect. I have a moral obligation and responsibility to be spiritually correct. So that said, if for anyone that is tuning in right now, again, we're talking about the Civil Rights Act and, and now what's called the Equality Act and how they're actually trying to amend the 1964 Civil Rights Act to include SOGI, Sex, Sexual Orientation, and Gender Identity. Now, two things that I do want to make sure people understand. There are no exemptions for religious freedom, uh, what's called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. You see, in the past, you could say, you know what, As let's say that you're a medical professional and you're being asked to do a mass me on a 16-year-old girl, but you believe that, you know what, that's against your conscience or your faith. You no longer have exemption, which you would have had under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. With the Equality Act, it actually does away with conscious protection and religious freedom. The another aspect of this is that it does expand public accommodations. You see, in the past, underneath the 1964 Civil Rights Act, 
uh, one of the things that most people don't realize is that it did not include the, the reference to sex. Same thing with federal funding that was included back then. It did not include references to sex. So now when they open up that definition to include sexual orientation and gender identity, now that means anyone that receives federal funding or any public accommodation, which could be included to, uh, to talk about healthcare providers, hospitals, my friends, shelters, of course, as well as schools or even camps. Now, why is this a problem? Why is it problematic? Well, let's just think about, not just even from the, the, the medical aspect, if you're a physician, I think what we, we should be most concerned with are the victims. And who are the victims? Primarily children. Did you know that when it comes to gender dysphoria, 80 to 95%, now this is even at one point, according to the American Psychological Association, 80 to 95% of children with gender dysphoria no longer feel distressed by their bodies after puberty. But yet, here's the problem. Those who are activists, LGBT plus activists, they continue to push this whole radical agenda. And there's a specific protocol that if, if a child is dealing with gender dysphoria underneath the Equality Act, yes, they could then include social transition as young as four years of age for children who, who again, are suffering from gender confusion or gender dysphoria. They could then start some type of treatment as young as four years of age with social transition. But the next problem would be at nine years old. At nine years of age, they could then, underneath the Equality Act, start prescribing puberty blockers. Again, that's as young as age nine. Ladies and gentlemen, that's problematic. That should give every single one of us hesitation within our spirits. But it doesn't just stop there. That means cross-sex hormones could be prescribed as young as 14 years of age and then surgery all the way up by around the age of between 16 and 18. Now let's actually. Now, when you say that, when you say that, Janique, when, yeah. when you say that, are you saying that parents cannot stop this process from? They cannot stop children from getting these puber blockers. I mean, what what is the Equality if, Act saying about about this about parents' yeah, rights? Yeah, very good, very good. Here is one of the problems with the Equality Act if it passes that it could override parental rights. We actually have seen that. For example, in Ohio, there, is a, there was a custody case where a parent, two parents, you know, that they lost custody of their 17-year-old daughter because they declined to put her on testosterone supplements. And that's not the only case. There are several different ones that have been in the news. And so that's one of the problems is from a parental perspective. If you do not agree or if you think they should at least wait until they turn 18, most people, most parents don't realize you could potentially lose custody of your child over this. Again, that's problematic. God gave children parents, and parents are the ones that should be making these decisions. And then ultimately, I mean, it's kind of sad that we're even in 2021 and we're even talking about people uh, wanting to change their God-given into something else but we are that's where we are as a society and that's why we must speak truth to this issue but yes we are dealing with potential custody issues 
But another area where children lose out, and most people don't realize this, when it comes to the issue of curriculum, you see, once something is legislated, then oftentimes within that legislation is also promotion of that. And that also means that not only promotion of, of that new sexual moray, but also being taught that. That means when it comes to classroom curriculum, yes, the Equality Act, and we're already seeing this in states like California, where they are teaching sexual orientation and gender identity in sex ed. And guess what? Parents cannot opt out. Again, think about that. Hmm. And that means for young kids, they're being taught sexual orientation and gender identity from a pseudo ideology. And so that means when we're dealing with curriculum, yes, this bill, the Equality Act, could lead to federal courts or even potential uh, presidential administration, such as the Biden administration, imposing some type of a mandate that would, again, it's a mandate that would include incorporating somehow sexual orientation, gender identity into the classroom. And again, this is mainly in public schools. But we do know that a number of states are already doing this. And sometimes the information these students are receiving through sex ed, it's very graphic in nature. And sometimes it does go as young as kindergarten. But again, we also have seen in other states, I used to live in Florida, down in Broward County. And I remember a couple of years ago, they even had what was called LGBTQ history. And at the time, that was in October. Yeah. Every October was LGBTQ history month. But again, another area where I think children suffer is also when it comes to what? Schools. And specifically when it comes to restrooms, locker rooms, and showers. Underneath the Equality Act, yes, it would also affect children at school because it would mandate that schools across the United States allow students to identify as transgender to access whether it's locker rooms, showers, restrooms, and it would also require them to allow biological males to compete in sports. So this is another area where children lose, is sports. And think about that. We do know that there have been several lawsuits, like even in Connecticut, where boys who identify as girls compete against the girls and literally sweep away the competition. I mean, there, there is no competition. In fact, some of the girls have actually reported in different interviews that when a boy is competing as a girl, the outcome is already decided. You know that boy is going to win because there's a reason why. Even when you think of Little League, okay, Little League, whether it's baseball, mm -hmm. soccer, even with Little League, with kids as young as four years old, there still is sex-divided sports for a reason. But now we're talking at the collegiate level. Now we're talking at competitive levels with high school and college where girls are supposed to be able to shine within their sex-selective sports, whether it's volleyball, track and field. And now what we're seeing is boys infiltrating, competing as the opposite sex, and sweeping away the competition. Why does this hurt girls? Yeah. Because a lot of them who were, they were, hey, the scouts were there to look at these girls. They were going to receive scholarships if they won. And now the boys are taking first, second, third. And, and we're talking sometimes mediocre at best, boys. They're not even the greatest 
as a male athlete. <laughs> but when they compete in yeah. the field right. against girls, right. they're sweeping away all of the medals, and this is hurting girls. They're losing scholarships over this. But even if they weren't losing scholarships, it is it's redefining femininity. And guess what? We don't have the right to redefine femininity because God has already defined that, and it's defined by our right. biology and not our feelings. And, and Janique, and, what, what really amazed me, and we're speaking with Mrs. Janique Stork um, from the her ministry is Love Protects, and you also you can find her. She's an apologist at Life Training Institutes. And oh, if you want to call in and opine or ask Miss Janique a question, 877-757-9424. Again, that's 877-757-9424. But Janique, one, one of the things that really amazed me, remember back in 2016, um, yeah. this Florida man became president. And um, people were just outside. I think the day after the inauguration, people were just outside in pink hats. It was, you know, Trump was threatening women's rights. And I mean, he was just the enemy to women. But here we are about to legislators want to put this act forward. And the act is law and it has the potential to override state law. So states may not have. Uh, remedy to an act being passed by a two-thirds majority of the Congress. So um, so this is very dangerous, this act. But here we are, four or five years ago, women's lives are being threatened is the worst thing be happening to women when President Trump became president. But now we're, we're erasing women's records in sports. We're erasing women just all together and we're trying to replace them, it seems like. Why, why, where's the outcry about this? And protecting women now of course it's nowhere you know here's what's interesting i actually one of my best friends right now she and her husband are pregnant and they're due in just a couple of weeks and one of, <laughs> this is quite interesting this is very alarming one of the things that actually came out was uh, one of the the doulas who was there to talk about even nursing and breastfeeding referred and said they can no longer refer to breastfeeding or they should no longer refer to terminology as breastfeeding. It should now be chest feeding. So what we're doing is we're seeing now just even erasing women, what it means to be a woman, erasing female terminology because we don't want to offend someone's feelings. And now there's also this whole, um, as we've talked about before, even when it comes to like the show The Good Doctor, where they will use sexual orientation, gender identity terminology. And, and this whole ideology is what's dangerous. The whole idea that a man is a woman simply because of his feelings and the whole notion that a man can get pregnant, that a man has ovaries, that a man can breastfeed, all these different kinds of things and, and so forth. It's very sad that this is also what's going to be taught to our children. And But again, there is no outcry against the erasure of women. There is no outcry against the danger to women. For example, whenever you include now with shelters, homeless shelters, there's an awful lot of abuse, even if it's not just with homeless shelters, but even shelters that help women who would be or have been subjected to violence. So women's shelters, now they're being forced underneath 
the Equality Act, they would be forced to include men's identifying as women. Now, for some of these women who have been very detrimentally, psychologically and physically abused, that is a trigger to be literally in a bed three feet away from someone who is a man but has a wig on and lip gloss. That is very problematic for that woman or for children because sometimes, depending on the age of that child, if at a, at a homeless shelter or even at a women's abuse shelter, sometimes then uh, if it's a really young infant or a child, they might be with that woman. Well, if they've been a subject to violence by a man and now they're faced with being next to a man, that is not protecting women, David. Like I said at the very beginning, this whole so-called equality act, there is nothing, nothing in this act is about equality. Nothing in this whole bill is going to protect women. It hurts women and it hurts children. The last thing that I did want to talk about with regards to um, how it impacts children is in the adoption care. And this is also why it matters. And this is why we as a faith community need to do something. Remember at the very beginning, or when I was talking about it, I also talked about how there is no no conscience protection. And they're saying they're exempt from the religious uh, Freedom Act, okay, the the Religious Freedom and Restoration Act, they're exempt from that. So what that means then is, let's say, for example, you have um, a church or even a, a Catholic charity that deals with adoption. They would be forced then to place those children with LGBTQ plus parents or those children, all the children that that agency represents they would be forced then to displace all those children. They would probably end up closing, and now those children will be displaced unless they compromise on moral truth. And again, that means this actually hurts children. You see, children deserve, and they have the right to a mother and a father. But underneath the Equality Act, it would force faith-based institutions to place children with LGBTQ plus parents. Again, who loses out? Children. That is not in the best interest of children, and we need to take a stand. And it doesn't at all sound like a sideline issue, because it sounds like everything that we think is protected, or our churches, or schools, our jobs, or companies, everything seems to be threatened by this act. And even schools, I mean, who you can hire, who you cannot hire, um, you know, what you can teach and what you cannot teach. Um, you know, a lot of people want to send their, their, their children to these private schools or to Catholic schools or to um, um, other re- uh, Christian schools, and they think it may be a safe space. But this act is going to override any protections that they think they have. Cindy, what, what are some of the things um, that people can do right now um, to push back against this proposed legislation? Absolutely. One thing that you, I highly encourage all of you to do is Google and find out. If you don't know who your state senator is, Google it and find out. Oftentimes you can go to whatever your state is, .gov. You can uh, put in your address and it will tell you who your local representatives are. And then it will also tell you who your senators are. 
So please find out who your senators are and call them, even if you know or even if you believe that they align with your belief. I don't care. Please still call them. They need to hear from you that you want them to vote no on the Equality Act. Make it very clear. Honestly, they should be inundated with phone calls where we're saying, listen, we understand what's at stake and we would like you since I'm a constituent. I would like you to represent my voice and and vote no, because I believe that it's going to harm children, it's going to harm girls, it's going to harm women, and also the faith-based community is also going to harm medical professionals and even parents uh, because of uh, parental rights. And so that's one thing you definitely can do. And also share this information. Share Whenever you have opportunities to share a show like this and then the podcast that we do where we talk about these issues, please share it because I promise you most people have no idea what's at stake. Um, two things I do want to point out, David. Uh, no, go ahead. Let's pretend that you're a medical professional for a moment. You know, I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but for example, I know that Catholic hospitals, for example, in California and New Jersey, have been sued for declining to perform hysterectomies on otherwise healthy women who want to become a male. You see, underneath the Equality Act, if you perform mastectomies, on cancer patients, then you would be required to perform mastectomies on anyone who feels they're in the wrong body. Uh, we do know that for a fact that in that a Catholic, there was another hospital, third Catholic hospital in the state of Washington, they actually settled out of court when the ACLU sued them for declining to perform a double mastectomy on a gender dysphoric 16-year-old girl. You see, one of the problems Whenever we politicize medicine through the Equality Act is good medicine, good sound logic. When a doctor says, well, I actually don't think that's in your best interest because you have healthy breast tissue. I don't feel comfortable. I don't believe it's the best thing. and It's not in your best interest to give you a mastectomy. You see, good, sound, logical medicine is deemed racist or is deemed discriminatory underneath the Equality Act. And so that's why I do think that's really important. I really wanted to kind of point that out, that even for the yeah. medical profession, and it doesn't just stop there when we're dealing with um, whether it's mastectomies or puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones, but I know some of the people who are listeners are also counselors. Did you know that if you are a counselor, and even if a, if a patient came to you and said, listen, I identify as a Catholic Christian or a Protestant Christian, and I believe what the Bible says about sex, that, yes, there's only male and female. And I feel that even though I am female, I feel somehow that I should be a boy. But I would like you to help me because I want to have the biblical view of myself. Did you know that if you're a counselor, Underneath the Equality Act, you're supposed to affirm the sexual orientation, gender identity. You're supposed to affirm the transgender ideology over biblical ideology. So, again, that's problematic. You're supposed to affirm. You're not supposed to even agree with that with that patient. You're supposed to talk them out of the biblical position and align yourself with these SOGI laws underneath the Equality Act. Again, that's problematic as a counselor that you can't even speak truth 
to that patient. So all across the board, we see in multiple areas that the Equality Act is problematic for children. It hurts children. We see that even when it comes to sports, it hurts women. We also see when it comes to parents, it can override parental rights and authority. We also see in the medical community and the faith community that this is, it overrides conscience protection. So the Equality is the Equality Act is anything but good. As we've seen throughout, the Equality Act, it's not good. It doesn't promote equality because inequality is not happening against the LGBTQ individual. In fact, where inequality is happening is in every single area that I just mentioned, from children to parents to even to the curriculum being taught to kids. It would, inequality would occur on the sports field in locker rooms with women and shelters, yeah. inequality would happen even in hospitals, in the counseling rooms. All around, there's inequality, but not like most people. All right. This is Pro-Life Wednesday on Guadalupe Red Network. Thanks, Janique, for coming in. Thanks for tuning in. Thank I'll you. be back same time next week. And I look forward to conversing with you again. In between time, you can visit me at David L. Grade Info. But until then, to next time, remember that Jesus loves you and is there for you. And live your life like salvation matters. And may the abundance of our Lord's blessings, graces, and favors fall upon you. Thank you.